This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. It's the Bartender Journey Podcast number 229. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. Thanks for listening. Well, this week on the show, we'll talk to Rosie151. Rosie is a burlesque dancer, a bartender, and all-around good egg. We caught up with Rosie a while back at Holiday Cocktail Lounge one night when she was behind the bar. <laughs> I don't know. Snotty, that sounds totally snotty. I'm like, <laughs> all roads lead to Holiday Cocktail Lounge. Hey, first, let's talk a little bit about garnishes. Cutting that fruit, something we do every day behind the bar, but nobody really talks about it. I say, take some pride in that task. Personally, I want to have the best damn looking lemons, limes, and oranges possible. First, you need a really sharp knife. I carry around my bar tools with me all the time, and I have two really sharp, small paring knives in there. Uh, I ordered these knives on Amazon, and they were like, $7.69 each. They're serrated, which means you can't sharpen them, but uh, you know, eventually you have to throw them away, but they last a good long time, and it makes the fu- cutting the fruit so much more of, of a pleasure just to do because, uh, you know, from the state of the fruit, uh, I see it at some bars. I'm assuming a lot of people are using like a steak knife they found in the server station to cut the fruit. So uh, I'll have a link to that knife that I use. It's not expensive and it makes cutting the fruit so much uh, it comes out so much better using a sharp knife and it's more fun to do. I'll have a link to that on bartenderjourney.net. Next, how much fruit are you cutting? I know we don't want to run out of fruit in the middle of a shift, but the leftover fruit looks so crappy the next day, especially limes. I mean, it really doesn't last 24 hours of pushing it. Uh, it I mean, is max, really. You know, even uh, overnight is pushing it. Nothing ruins a gin and tonic like a slimy brown on the edges lime. On the other hand, it's expensive and we don't want to throw it out, right? So that's the trick. You got to figure out, you know, how much you got to cut and uh, maybe you have to do it twice during the evening or, you know, or do some in the afternoon and then uh, find some time later to, to cut a little more if necessary. The pith, you know, that white part, all the, the white parts of the fruit, they're uh, bitter and they can impart a weird flavor after it sits in the drink for a while. I've been trying to get as mu- uh, get rid of as much of that as possible. I've been cutting off the edges of the lime wedges, so you have the lime wedge, but I'm cutting off the corners uh, next to pith that goes from edge to edge, so sort of the top or the flat part opposite the curved part uh, of your lime wedge. Uh, maybe audio is not the best way to exploit to get this information across, uh, but uh, I think you know what I mean. So uh, if I have time, I probably won't. I'll try to make a video and post that up on bartenderjourney.net. But uh, I think you know what I'm talking about, right? Well, actually, I got the idea of cutting away as much pith as possible from watching the kitchen staff. We had some nice f- nice uh, fish tacos on the menu for a while, and they served them with lime wedges. And I'm thinking, man, those lime wedges look better than mine. I'm going to do it like that. Of course, when cutting the lemons and oranges, you want to get rid of as many of those seeds out of there as you can. Uh, same with the pith. What's worse than getting a lemon seed in your mouth when you're sitting in a bar trying to make a conversation? Anyway, now I take a lot of pride in how my fruit looks. Nobody's commented on it, but uh, what the heck. I think the, I think all those small touches add up to a great drink. It takes a little longer, and what you, and what you end up with is some nice-looking fruit and a pile of garbage that you say... Was I really putting all that stuff in my guest's drink before? All that white pith and the, uh, the stems and, and uh, oh, of course you're going to wash your fruit, right? That goes without saying, right? Uh, if you're not, you probably have some E. coli in your drinks. Keep that in mind. Uh, I learned this trick from one of our servers who's also a part-time bar- bartender. Uh, in a pinch, when you're opening up the bar maybe and you have some fruit left over from the night before that needs a little freshening up, uh, cover it with uh, seltzer for a minute and it, it does look better. Won't get rid of the brown edges, of course, but uh, if it's a little dry looking, it does help. 
How about twists? I love to do my twists a la minute or to order. I use uh, my Y peeler to get a nice long, thick piece of zest with no pith and express those oils over my drink. Some bartenders and some recipes call for expressing, expressing the oils from the twist and then discarding it. Uh, it makes some sense because stuff floating in your cocktail uh, might look pretty, but it's kind of impractical when you're trying to drink it. It might end up in your guest face or what do you do? Strain it out with your teeth? I don't know. But somebody posted a whole article about that recently and now I can't find it, but I can see the logic. On the other hand, a well-done garnish gives a visual cue to your guests that we put some attention and care into making this drink. Today, we're not even going to touch on the subject of like very elaborate serves such as uh, fantasy garnishes, dry ice, fancy uh, vessels and glasses. That's a subject to itself that maybe we'll cover another time. But in this Instagram era, that can go a long way to promoting your bar. People love those fancy drinks, and they'll take a picture of it and uh, hopefully tag your bar, and that's a great promotional tool. Uh, Plus, it could be profitable, potentially. You know, if a big, fancy drink is steaming with dry ice and uh, all that, you can probably charge a lot more for it, and people will be happy to pay for it. Plus, everybody in the room is going to be like, what's that? I want one of those. But like I said, that's a subject for another day. Back to twists. Most, most bartenders know to rub the twist around the rim of the glass, but one thing I saw for the first time only a couple years ago was rubbing the twist uh, on the stem or the outside of your cocktail glass. A little bit of the oils and the, the uh, aromas from the citrus zest gets on the fingers of the guest, and as he or she picks it up, it's an interesting little trick. Or dare I say, hack. Clickbait. Quick funny story about twists. When I first started working at the club where I bartend now, there was a very young bartender, uh, sometimes bartender, sometimes server, who was making a drink uh, where the guests had requested a twist. And there were some pre-cut twists in the fruit tray. She she picks up the pre-cut twist and twists it away from the drink and then drops it in. And I say... Uh, actually, the whole reason of the twist is to get the oils from the skin into the drink. So just try doing that same thing, but over the glass next time. <laughs> Herbs are tough to keep fresh. I've come up with this method for my mint, which does keep it pretty good looking for for several days. Uh, but what I really want is like a little garden just outside where I can cut the mint right on the right out of the ground, more or less as I need it. Actually, when I worked at that Irish bar uh, several years ago, there was mint growing wild out right out back, and we would do that um, pretty more or less to order. It was right outside the door. Well, where I'm at now, that's probably not going to happen anytime soon, but uh, here's what I've been doing. As soon as possible after the mint is delivered, I grab it up and cut off just the very bottom of the stem like you would if you had like flowers and you were going to put it in a vase or if you had a real Christmas tree and you were going to put it in water, cut off the bottom so it'll drink up as much water as possible. Then throw that bunch of mint in ice water. Cover it in ice water, stem side down. I know they float, but uh, try to make sure it's all covered with icy water, the stems and the leaves. Let it sit there around 20 minutes or so, but less time's okay, too. The cold water shocks the herbs, setting, air quotes, setting the color. Uh, Then I'll drain the herbs, and uh, of course not bone dry, but I find in the next step when we wrap them in paper towels, if it's too wet, it starts to get mushy and grows pretty quickly. So we've drained the mint but it's still a little moist. Next, I get paper towel and lay it flat on the bar, and I make small bundles of mint that will fit nicely, and uh, then I fold over the bottom of the paper towel over the cut stem part and gently, gently roll it all up so everything's covered. Again, I hope this all makes sense in audio format. I'll take all my small bundles of wrapped herbs and put them in a resealable gallon plastic bag and keep that in the cooler. Every day or two, I'll change the paper towels to keep it from getting mushy. So I keep all this in the cooler during service. 
else. And uh, what I've not figured out is a good way to display the herbs on the bar and keep them fresh. It'd be nice to uh, be able to put them in a little um, small carafe or something and keep them on the bar so people see them and they say, oh, that looks good. Let me have one of those. But uh, I've not figured out a way that they stay fresh that way. I've tried it with uh, cool water, with ice water, um, but it, it just seems to go limp pretty quickly. So uh, if you have a if you have a good idea, if you have an, if you have a way that you're doing this, displaying the herbs on your bar and keeping them fresh, please let us know. Go to the contact page at bartenderjourney.net and let me know, and I'll share it with everybody on the next podcast. As for cherries and olives, well, uh, you know I love those Luxardo cherries. They're just awesome, and uh, they're very impressive in your drink. Those bright red, artificially color- colored and flavored things, well, uh, whatever. Uh, the, the Luxardo cherries, they are expensive, that's for sure. So if you are using them, don't forget to factor that into the price of your cocktail. Anyway, Jeffrey Morgenthaler and his great book, The Bar Book, Elements of Cocktail Technique, says he likes to remove the cherries from their liquid and store them in brandy. As for olives, he removes them from the brine, which of course is saved for making dirty martinis, and he stores the olives in dry dry vermouth. Good idea. Uh, I know we've done Morgenthaler's Bar Book before, his book of the week, but I'm doing it again just because I think if you haven't read it, you really should. As for our cocktail of the week, let's do our brown derby. This is a delicious cocktail. I first had one at the Flatiron Lounge many years ago. It was a real aha moment for me. It was absolutely delicious. I had never had one before, and it just made me realize that a drink made with just three ingredients, if they're perfectly balanced and high-quality ingredients to begin with, is really what a perfect cocktail should be. I think they were using a 12-year-old W.L. Weller bourbon or something like that. So, uh, yeah, high-quality ingredients. I I actually uh, add a fourth ingredient just a little tiny bit of lemon juice to it i find it makes it a little brighter so uh here's my recipe one three quarters ounce of bourbon one ounce freshly squeezed grapefruit juice quarter ounce freshly squeezed lemon juice half an ounce of honey syrup so that's uh one to one honey dissolved in hot water and uh shake that up and uh express the oils from a grapefruit twist over the drink we were talking earlier about whether the twist you should uh, discard it or put it in your drink. Uh, what I've been doing with my uh, brown derby, I actually do both. So I, I have one grapefruit twist, twist that I express the oils, and I have another one that I've carefully cut uh, out and uh, make it like a really neat rectangular shape, and I put like a, um, a keyhole cut in in it, and then so this way it sits on the lip of the glass with the keyhole and it it just sits there and it won't uh, fall out while you're drinking it so that that looks pretty cool all right time for our unrelated podcast suggestion of the week and it's brought to you by studio headphones they make great quality bluetooth headphones both over the ear models and in-ear or earbud style headphones I'm wearing the over-ear model right now. It comes with an aux cord, so I can plug it right into my equipment. And uh, that's kind of a nice feature, too, just in case you forget to charge them or something. And uh, you can use them without battery charge, which is great. The battery lasts a real good long time, though, but uh, it's it's nice that uh, if you're on a trip or something on an airplane and you happen to exhaust the battery, you can plug the aux cord in, or aux audio cord, that is, into your phone, and they'll work without battery power. 
The earbud style model sounds awesome too. And I'll tell you, if you're still using wired earbuds, you're nuts. <laughs> at the gym or whatever, doing laundry, maybe you're setting up at the bar, listening to the rich tones of a certain bartender journey podcast host. Wireless headphones are the best thing ever. Use the coupon code Bartender Journey for 15% off your studio headphones. We'll have a link on bartenderjourney.net or you can go directly to studio. That's S-U-D-I-O, Sweden.com. Just make sure you use that bartend, that coupon code, Bartender Journey, without a space, for 15% off and to show your support for this show. Anyway, our unrelated podcast suggestion of the week is Jordan Jesse Go. These guys are hilarious. They can just kind of intelligently riff on whatever subject comes up with their guest. They're trained in improv comedy, so they really know how to make funny out of nothing, which is a skill that's really helpful behind the bar. So give these guys a listen on your new studio Bluetooth headphones. If you have a suggestion for unrelated podcast suggestion of the week, let me know. Go to the contact page on bartenderjourney.net. Let's talk to Rosie151. Well, we're here at the Holiday Cocktail Lounge, one of my favorite places. I must say, I have hung out here since before in the old-school Holiday Cocktail Lounge. And we're here with the lovely Rosie. Tell us about yourself. Well, hello. I am Rosie, obviously. Um, I've been bartending for so many years, but also I am a burlesque performer. Um, that I've been performing um, in the New York City scene for quite a few years. I do a night, a week, a monthly event here at Holiday Cocktail Lounge. We do a retro go-go night with a DJ and dancing girls, and uh, we got some liquor sponsors. So that's a great way for me to blend the two worlds. Awesome. So, well, let's talk about that for right off the bat. Like, where would somebody find you if, let's say, they wanted to hire you for an event for burlesque? Definitely, I would be available to come to your house, to perform at your party. Um, also, you can find me around town. Um, so I you have a website or something? Yeah, website, that stuff. My stage name is Rosie151. Yeah. I, 151, like the like, rum? Yeah, like hot, intoxicating, 151 proof. Yeah, yeah. It's, that name, it's like I came up with it. I was in a hotel room in California years ago. And I came up with that name. Well, I actually originally came up with the name Rosie Royale because I wanted it to be girly, like a Cure Royale. But there's a famous drag queen whose name is Royale, and he came after me, and he told me I couldn't use that name. He scared me. He's like, you can't use that name. My name is Royale. That's got to be the scariest thing ever, to be, like, threatened to be sued by, like, a, a burlesque Dude. Uh, no, a drag queen. A drag queen. <laughs> to be threatened by a drag queen that performed at Lucky Chang's, yes, that was a very scary thing to have happen to you when you were a baby burlesque performer. Lucky Chang's, is that a famous burlesque place? Yes, Lucky Chang's is uh, since defunct, but it was over here on First. Um, it was, right now, I think it's, I don't know, it's it's nothing right now. It's just boarded up. It, but it's in between first and second, and it's just an empty building. But it was um, one of the best drag bars in the city, and they would do regular burlesque shows once in a while as well. Um, so I was in the hotel room when I came up with my name the second time, Rosie 151, because it was like the hottest, flamey, flaming, flammable, you know, all that stuff. And then I thought it was kind of cheesy because I made it up when I was drinking, but then it, it stuck and I can't get rid of it. But I am, I am pretty much one of the only burlesque performers with a number in her name. There is another burlesque performer, Camille 2000. <laughs> So what would you, if you had to describe, 
or sum up what is burlesque in like one sentence what would you say it is whatever you want it to be <laughs> as long as you start at one thing and end at something else so you can be a glamour girl and start in a gown and have fan feathers and a boa and sequins and rhinestones and end up in pasties and a g-string that are sequins <laughs> and rhinestones that you end up in something else or you can be more interpretive and you can end up dressed like a lobster <laughs> and end up as lobster meat and pour glitter butter all over yourself like Bambi the Mermaid does. Oh. I, well, I would love to see your act. That's the correct word, yeah? Yes, I would love for you to see me as well. I can't tell you where I will be performing next, but you can find me generally at the Slipper Room. Sometimes I'm on top of the bar at Employees Only. What? Yes, yes, yes. We had so much fun at their repeal party this year. It was a blast. Yeah. Oh. Yes, but they worked. You us. weren't in the movie. Were you in the movie? I was not in the movie, but my um, good friend Gigi Bonbon was. <laughs> we can have an interview with her as well, too. Yeah. Oh, I got a customer. Yeah, go. Go, go, go. <laughs> Um, oh. So, Rosie, this Manhattan you made for me is really delicious. Thank you very much. So we had, so we used um, whistle pig, Dolan. Yes, we used um, whistle pig, Dolan vermouth, and a couple dashes of Ango. That's perfect. Thank you. So, I just want to tell you, like I said, I have not had the opportunity to see you uh, do burlesque, but I would like to tell you about the most amazing burlesque experience that I ever saw. Tell me, tell me. It was at um, the Tampa Repeal Day event. You know about that? Yeah. And uh, so <laughs> this chick, she did her sort of strip dance, mm -hmm. and she took off her dress and then the bra. Underneath the bra was another bra. And then another bra. And she must have done this like seven times. Everybody, th everybody thought she was going to be naked after the next one. There was another bra like seven times. It was incredible. Well, she teased you. That's the whole point. I mean, like I said, I think burlesque, you start out at one thing and end at another within an act. But it's getting from one thing to the other that is the most appealing. So is this like a art, like... There's jazz dance or, you know, there's ballet. Is, is this like, how do you even study this? I think you just study everything. I mean, burlesque is a combination of whatever you're inspired by. There's many girls who perform and women who, uh, men and women who perform who don't have any professional quote-unquote theater or dance training, and you don't have to. If you have confidence and you have a passion about baking, and you want to do a baking strip routine, and you have fun doing it, you are going to be very successful at it. That's really what it boils down to. It's very much about the command of the audience, isn't it? Absolutely. If you don't have command of the audience, if you don't have self-confidence, it's not going to work. So basically all you need is self-confidence and, you know, and a gimmick. And that, that's what makes the best bartenders too, right? Yes, very, sim <laughs> very similar. I can't tell you, you know, especially as a younger bartender, someone would ask for something and I would never say, I don't know how to make it. I would say yes and I'd fake it and I'd go in the back or I'd ask someone or I'd look it up. Like, I don't, I don't know how to make that cocktail, but I'd look at, I would say yes and I would commit to it and I'd act like I knew what I was doing and I would figure it out. But you know what? There's nothing wrong with asking your guests, like, 
how do you make that? Because if you have a guest who really likes a, a certain um, cocktail, they should know how to make it. Yes. Yes and no. Yes and no, <laughs> but if I don't know how to make it, I would rather go to a resource and do the research than maybe someone who's not a cocktail enthusiast tell me maybe not the most correct way. <laughs> I, I don't know. Does that sound snotty? That sounds totally snotty. I'm like... <laughs> but going, going, into, going into bars myself, I like... I almost like try to test the bartender, like, you know, make me a green point, you know. And if and if they don't know, that's so funny you said that. I just made him a green point earlier. That's why I use that as an example. But, (laughs) but you know, but if they don't know, like, I almost rather they ask me, you know. Or I mean, a Negroni's like a perfect example. Like, if if you don't know how to make it, like, don't make it. Like, I'd rather tell you. Yeah, no, that's true. I went, I have, speaking of Negroni, there was, I don't know why I did this. There was this, uh, it was about three years ago, I went on this kick where I swore that I would drink nothing but Negronis for a month, and all I would order at every bar was Negronis. And someone asked me, are you writing a blog? Are you taking notes? And I was like, no, I just, I want to see what happens when I order a Negroni at every place I go to. And I had some really bad, horrible, awful Negronis, some really amazing Negronis, but it was really interesting to see who knew what a Negroni was and who didn't. I wasn't trying to test anyone. I was just on a Negroni, my own little Negroni tour. Yeah. No, I totally get it. What are you making over there, Sugar? Is Kyle the best shake in the business or what? <laughs> <laughs> His, his right arm's pretty good. I don't know if it's left. <laughs> Let's see you do that with two. Order, order two of those at the same time. Let's see what happens. <laughs> that's, that's a arm. <laughs> well, Rosie, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Oh, you too. Thank you very much for having me. And I'll let you. I'll. I'll let you know somehow. Do you have a card, or how can I get in touch with you? Yes, I will give you my card. You can also find me on the Google searches, Rosie151, rosie151.com. You'll find me. Google Rosie Fabulous and you'll find her. Ro- yeah, Rosie151. <laughs> Maybe sometime we can do a show where there's like live performing. Let's do that. Stand by for our toast. We do a toast every week at the very end of the show. But first, I'll remind you, I'm Brian Vincent Weber. Thanks for listening. Please follow me on uh, Instagram. It's Bartender Journey. You can find the Bartender Journey Facebook page. So go over there and like it, like it. Hey, if you updated to the new ISO 11, you can now give us uh, ratings and reviews right from your phone in this Inside the Podcast app. So if you go to, uh, if you're listening to Bartender Journey and then you, you click on the thing that says more episodes and you scroll down a little bit, you can, boom, hit some stars. I'm not going to tell you how many stars to leave. I'm just telling you five is the most. And then you can click on write a review. If you have something nice to say, we'd love to hear it. Thanks a lot. Hey, here's our toast. You are welcome here. Be at your ease. Happy to share with you, such as we've got, the leaks in the roof, the soup in the pot. You don't have to thank us or laugh at our jokes. Sit deep and come often. You're one of the folks. Cheers. We'll see you next time on the Bartender Journey Podcast. (laughs) 